0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Medic Mornings. I'm your host Fiona and today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I recently fell into while scrolling on Instagram. There's a lot of mixed reviews and if you follow me on Instagram on The Mediocre Doctor, you know that I've posted about it on stories and asked for your opinions. But A little bit more of that today, since we're going to have a lengthier and more informal discussion into really the pros and cons of whether brain dead patients should be used as surrogates. It's definitely very controversial, and I was just so interested in it because it seems so dystopian, but also at the same time, this is an innovation and a discovery that have affected loads of people's opinions and I'm just really interested to see how this is going to come out so haven't done a solo episode in so long (laughs) it's just been interviewing two people recently so I haven't talked to myself on the microphone in like three weeks so bear with me if my mind is a bit muddled but without further ado let's get started. Okay, so this was an article which was written by a doctor, I think, and this has been publicized on Daily Mail, you know, Cosmopolitan, um, the woman's health magazine. And there are so many opinions on it. And I'm just going to read a little excerpt from the Daily Mail. So essentially what this article is about is that brain-dead women should be kept alive. It essentially just means how brain-dead women should be kept alive, you know, on a ventilator or on other means, and that will force their bodies to be able to be used for pregnancy. It's kind of like organ donation. Initially, I thought it was a bit like organ donation, but I've spoke to a few medical students about this and essentially it's a whole gestational period. So there's going to be nine months of a fetus just growing in the pregnant woman's belly and there's a whole debate on whether it should be a thing or shouldn't be a thing. So let's just jump right into the reasonings this is by no means like an exhaustive list i just wrote this up and let's discuss it i just wanted to clarify the difference between brain death and vegetative states so vegetative state is when the brain stem still functions you know there's possibly basic reflexes like opening your eyes or something um there's possible chances of recovery oftentimes it leads to like very permanent damages but there is still a chance of recovery and they have their own signs of consciousness so maybe um, through reading brain scans or eegs it's definitely possible in vegetative state patients for brain death it's actually permanent so patients will never never regain consciousness or breathe on their own without a ventilator and that's just the difference the first reason why I was kind of for the idea was that it was theoretically a very viable procedure. Um, If you look from a very close-minded level, like from a very surface level, ignoring all the ethical and political and uh, philosophical issues, there's definitely a science and evidence-based backup to show that this is possible, you know, like scientific innovation right now is so high and it's definitely able to keep a person on a ventilator for you know long periods of time Um, if you manage them closely there's going to be less risks of infection or other things that could potentially harm the patient even more because you know since they're brain dead they won't be able to feel pain they won't be able to feel those kinds of emotions and relationships with the fetus growing in their belly so it theoretically is a viable idea you know there's science to back it up and yeah the second point is that it's quite difficult to fault these consensual issues so some people were kind of nervous that you know the patient wouldn't be able to give consent since they're already brain dead so will it be made for them you know this wouldn't be a possible issue if the patient themselves agreed to the procedure beforehand i feel like in this scenario specifically where you're talking about literally growing a unborn baby in your belly there's a lot more input into this so you shouldn't be able to be influenced by your family members or um Usually, lawyers can speak on your behalf if you're brain dead. This shouldn't be possible, I think, for this procedure specifically, because this is so personal and so intimate that it's something that you should consider yourself. So, autonomy issues, and if the patient gives full informed consent, then that would be another ethical issue that's kind of removed because they signed it themselves, they understood what was going to happen to them after they did become brain dead and yeah it's difficult to fault this if it's written in a clear manner. The third reason why I was for this idea because I used to think that brain death determination could be skewed you know I used to think oh shit like doctors are going to see brain death in a different manner if they knew that the patient's body could be used for another purpose so maybe there's still some brain activity or something and then they could potentially look over that and just declare the patient brain dead but a lovely follower who has a neuroscience phd talked about how it's quite an objective process so let me have a look so she was quite lovely she said, um, Brain death determination is not that straightforward. Multiple tests are generally required um, and they need to be unanimous. And the caring doctor, so the primary doctor for the patient, is not involved in the production or interpretation of any test determining brain death. They can request and acknowledge them and take clinical decisions based on them, but have zero direct control over it. So brain death is determined by mri scans ct scans eeg scans you know eeg determinations these blood flow and very clinical and interpretive testing is taken place every time a patient is determined to be brain dead so i guess that would be a positive sense in that there would be little to no biased interpretation of brain death results. Okay and the next reason why I was kind of for this idea and was also touched upon on the articles is that pregnancy is inherently very high risk. You know pregnant women are high risk for um, hypertension like high blood pressure Um, also seizures which is called eclampsia. There are also higher chance of gestational diabetes like developing diabetes during pregnancy and these are generally not problems for brain dead patients since you know these things can be regulated at a higher level monitored at a higher level and easier to manage i would say because there's no really larger harm towards a brain death patient and there's no risk factors involved so you're not going to be thinking oh, should I choose between the mother or the child? You know, should I be choosing who to who to save in that sense? However, I will say lots of people were really against this just because it seemed like quite a dystopian idea, you know, kind of like feminism and general human rights are just regressing in time, kind of like, the overturn of roe v wade but in a much more like widespread manner um the first reason that a lovely follower called hattie i think i'm very sorry if i forgot your name but she did argue that there are children waiting to be adopted so this is not similar to organ donation in that it's saving a life it's actually creating a life and creating a life when there are children like 2,000 children currently in the UK who are waiting to be adopted is kind of very unnecessary in the sense that people should rather just adopt a child instead of making another one and contributing to... It's very muddled up in the ethics part of it because on a personal level, this is quite deep to me because I was never one to actually want children, like biological children, um, I think that there are children whose lives are heavily impacted. They're bouncing around from foster care and adoption centers are generally like really horrible situations for children. And the housing care and care system in place right now is not adequate at all. You know, <laughs> it's it's an emotional burden on these children who are waiting for A home and a family, and people who genuinely love them and care for them. So it kind of hits deep in that I was like, oh, let's really take a step back and think about there's children who need a home. So why would you want to make another one using a brain dead patient who is, it's just, it's just, it's quite immoral and it is quite unjust. I do agree that 2,000 children who are waiting to be adopted should not be overlooked, and this idea is definitely not applicable to (laughs) organ donation. The second reason why I was kind of against this idea is because donating an organ is like a one-time thing, so it's done and dusted within usually 12 hours or a bit more. Um but this is a whole gestational period donation. So it's around nine months. So there's going to be possible complications for the child as well. And using brain dead patients as an incubator sounds very unethical. Like it generally sounds very unethical. It's it's quite disturbing, actually, to think about it. <laughs> and to quote the Women's Health magazine, it's a prospect which involves treating the patient's dead body as a means to an end rather than as an end in itself so i guess a philosopher or an ethicist would look at it this way using a dead patient is horrible because in religious communities a lot of the time it's when someone dies it's you know you have to honor them and you have to use memories of them and think of them for good like have a respectful funeral for them and the thought of using a dead family member like people who are close to you imagine them being basically human incubators (laughs) and it's definitely no laughing matter but it's very uncomfortable to think about definitely should be thought about a lot more so In England, there's an opt-out system for organ donation. As far as I know, most people above the age of 18 are assumed to have consented to their organs being harvested for other people when they die. So this would be an opt-in system, I'm assuming, if it were to actually take place, because this is generally very up in the air. It's It would have to have reached a lot more people to consider before even becoming into law. So the last part of this episode, very short episode, actually, but I'm just going to read a few tweets that people wrote about this. So someone said, please don't get me wrong. This is a very, very, very weird concept to think about and approach it can be viewed as another careless thought about women's bodies being vessels for human gestation and nothing else. I kind of get that. I do get that actually. Um, So throughout like the entire historical period, women have been seen as vessels, you know, their only sole purpose is to bring a child into this world. Um, They don't have complete autonomy over their bodies actually in the past as well. You know, I remember in history, we were talking about King George, no, King Henry VIII, and he had like six wives, right? But one of his wife couldn't give him a son, so he literally just like killed her or something. I didn't take history, <laughs> as you can probably tell, but I, 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 I thought that was absurd, like I don't know why, and she couldn't even control what gender, sex the child was so some people do some crazy shit so we already established that in history women have been designed for childbirth okay another there's a doctor who said as a specialist in maternal and fetal health this concept is completely disgraceful to essentially boil down a person's whole life simply to be used as a tool for others should never be considered To compare surrogacy to organ donation is an oversimplification. And he put it into much better words than I did. They're just completely not the same. And surrogacy is not like something that was traditionally used. I think it was, it started in like 1900s. But I personally never understood surrogacy. Like, I get why people do it, but it's even more absurd when that person is not living and they have no control over their body and it's horrible to think about. (laughs) The bottom line is we don't know if it's physiologically feasible to maintain life support for this length of time and whether a person on life support could maintain a viable pregnancy it's definitely questionable to see whether a person on life support could maintain pregnancy. I know that pregnancies have been carried out after the mother has died, definitely, but it's quite uncertain whether you can induce a pregnancy and like, maintain it for nine whole months. So yeah, it's already been determined that pregnancies can be successfully carried out to term in brain dead woman. And then they also said there's no obvious medical reason why initiating such pregnancies would not be possible. But it is a disturbing prospect. Yeah, it's been talked about on the Telegraph, the American Medical Association, um Glamour magazine, and it's just wow. It's not ethical at all and not moral at all. And yeah, that is the end of this episode. It's quite a short one, but I felt that it was very informative and just a bit of food for thought, honestly, just for everyone to kind of think about this. I know interviews are over, but just keeping in touch with the medical community and looking at um medical advancements and innovation and research into all these ethical and legal issues is genuinely something that I love to do. So, yeah let me know if you enjoyed this episode um thank you so much for listening and i really appreciate you being here if you would like to see more of my podcast then follow me on instagram at medic mornings um i post every monday and yeah see you next time bye bye